We love books, you love movies, we're talking about them both, because in honor of St. Patrick's Day, we figured we'd talk about the Guilford Four. That's right, Proved Innocent is the book, In the Name of the Father is the movie, starring Daniel Day-Lewis. Stay tuned. This is Book Circle Online, featuring in-depth discussion, insight, news, and commentary on all the world's leading book titles and their authors. And now, Book Circle Online. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another Book Circle Online episode of Adapted, where we talk books to movies, and today it is indeed Proved Innocent, the story of Jen and Jerry Connell, and of course, In the Name of the Father, a very critically acclaimed movie back in the 1990s. We have Marissa Serafini co-hosting with me. Hello, Jerry Conlon. Conlon. These Irish names, <laughs> da. They I'm no good at like, them. But let's get their name correct. Conlon. Yes. Conlon, indeed. Uh, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, a couple of things right off the bat, if you've yet to see an episode and join us. We do include the rundown for you in the description box, so go ahead and click that link. It's a PDF. It will allow you to follow our research and so forth as we talk about it. Uh, also, we kind of assume you have at least know a little bit about both. It, 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 therefore, it is spoiler-filled. Now, this is also historical context, so if you know the history... You already kind of have the spoiler in this case anyway, so we're here to talk about both. We're going to compare both, and why don't we sort of get into it? This is our first autobiography that we've done, so it's a little different than most that we've covered here on Adapted. Very interesting story, and I mean, I grew up in America. I'm, you know, pretty far removed from England and London and and Ireland at at that point, but uh, it's a really interesting story to learn about. Uh, this man's life and what he went through and his family and what he they went through during this time back in the 70s and just what Europe went through. And I, I, I always appreciate learning a new story that I think history and people should just know of so we can learn from our history and move forward in the future. And uh, this was a really intriguing story. I really appreciated it as uh, I it kind of was reversed to me where the movie was introduced first one of my high school t- film professors or teachers and as they call him in high school he <laughs> he showed us a clip of the opening scenes and it was very intense and he talked about uh, that side of it and it really grasped me and then I got to see it years later the full thing and so I said to Marissa let's do this and what I was very surprised about pleasantly was how well written the book actually was because you can take the 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 concept of it the idea of it to turn something like that into a movie it, you know it's ripe for the picking but as far as the book the way this guy writes oh my goodness Jerry you are a good author so intriguing and so vivid too and and vivid in a good way because he literally takes you step by step of everything he went through with such detail that not once does it get boring or um, or or just like ex- extra in, in in matter of like too much detail where you forget everything. But he's so vivid in his descriptions, you actually feel like you're there mm-hmm. with him and witnessing everything that he witnessed. And it's not a pretty thing that he went through. No, not at all. But... Uh... You know, he he. As far as the book is concerned, what I appreciated about it, um, 
the movie itself is a very specific time frame, whereas the book takes us back to childhood and explain it, it gives it contextualizes things of that nature. But rather than have it be a history lesson, it's more so here's my perspective of it. And he admits that he was naive to the IRA overall and things of that nature. All he knew growing up was that he was poor and his family was poor and that was his what his reality was. And you know, part of the thing is that his descriptions are very succinct and in, in ways you've never heard of before. It's not like, okay, the pen was black the, you know, and it was shiny and it was this. It just – it's terms that they would use on an everyday basis. Uh, like, for example, in the wintertime, as poor as he felt his family was, at least in the wintertime, they didn't wear sandals like the other people. Mm-hmm. And just that line alone says, oh, <laughs> Wow. Right. I, I get you. I really liked how he in in the book really set up of who he is as a person and um how he grew up and just his his backdrop of of the locations he were he was in the backgrounds of his family and just the way he he grew up and why he is the person that he is and why he was such a troublesome person troublemaker you can quote unquote say when he was in his teenage years cuz it sounded like he was just a person who was bored with his his surroundings you know so to keep himself entertained he he made friends with the wrong people and they would loot places just out of pure for fun and entertainment and didn't really show that he's just a bad person it's just he was doing it just to keep himself occupied in the locations that he he was staying at well even more so than that for me uh, what what the book was able to add is he just, what other option did he have? As far as, it, it made it very clear, the Catholics and the Protestants, the, the Catholics were very looked down upon, and through no fault of their own, like, if the Catholics were gambling, they were going to be arrested. If the Protestants were gambling, great, let me get a cut of that. Mm-hmm. And let me participate. So it was very, the rules were uneven, and so forth, and so... You got it in the movie, but very, very vividly it was told in the book of this is what I've been raised on. And so, yeah, there's no other reality that I know. So why try? Yeah. And I think it's interesting because it it shows that he not to say he was confused, that he was kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place in the way that he grew up. And he had to do certain things just so he can be accepted by society. Um and just to get by with how people would treat him and how he would treat others. Yeah. And as far as the book is concerned, you know, he, he kind of wrote it in a, in a sense. There's no real interview that I was able to kind of discern, but you can kind of tell why he wrote it. A- after all these things, after the events of um, the Guilford Four and, and being released in that sense... He wanted to tell his story, but he also was an advocate later on for other um, such movements to to get um, prisoners appealed and so forth for other people that might have been mishandled as well. And so it became his life's work after to to continue and not just, okay, yeah, I got myself out of prison. Yay me. Let me move on with life. It was no there's wrongdoing that happened to us. It's one example, mm-hmm. and there's other examples that have happened that need to be propped to for, you know, in the forefront and taken care of. Right, and I like how he actively 
after going through such a traumatic experience in his life, he actively afterwards bent his way to try to change the system and to help uh, or not really change the system, but like bring more awareness to the system that this this happened once, twice, and it'll, it'll keep happening. And he brought awareness to the people to make them understand that this keeps going. And we need to help prevent it. Yeah, and the tough part, you know, you you try to have this idyllic sense of any judicial system, whether the Brits or America or wherever you live that you may happen to be in the world as you're listening. But, you know, in, in that instance, even let's say in a perfect system, you know, as far as like the democratic American system, if based on argument, you could be wrongly convicted. But now you get sort of the flip side of that, the, the, the worst part of it is, it's not that you were wrongly convicted. You were purposefully, evidence was miscued, tampered with withheld and so forth Mm -hmm. to convict you yeah and i i did love how the book and the movie did bring the um the awareness to the audience that this is a systemic problem it wasn't him it was just how everything there there was really no legislative process to properly convict these guys and that it was just frustrating in and of itself just reading it of everything where things fell through the cracks or where they cut corners here and there and you feel bad because all these people got caught in this horrible system yeah and on the in a very strange sense you could see you can kind of see it on the very surface level making that argument of like okay well they're low lives to begin with use them as an example for a greater cause but it's like no the greater cause is not a good greater cause it's it's equally as deplorable as like okay you might not disagree with jerry's initial lifestyle right but that doesn't mean he deserved what he got right and that doesn't mean that there's they're perfect people to be scapegoats just because you want to pin a guilty charge on someone that doesn't mean just because you don't like these people that hey they're they're the best fit to say that they're wrong uh that was there this book was the most frustrating book i've read in a long time (laughs) was it why so frustrating as in i felt so bad for everyone who was going through this because it wasn't just jerry it was the mcguire family the birmingham six like so many people his entire family was a part of this and the the fact that it affected so many people a handful of people it was frustrating to know that they got caught in a terrible system that really had no legislative process and they were just stuck in the middle and they couldn't do anything about it Mm -hmm. absolutely and um you know and part of it is especially for something like that when you look at Britain it's such a just historical establishment and and you know you would think like the the good values and so forth and that that's the problem when this idyllic sense of what's supposed to be comes crashing down with what actually is mm-hmm. and just creates this vacuum of like what is my reality right and it was also interesting just learning the times of when this was happening when you're and like it, 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 just the the split system between Britain and the the Irish and and Ireland is that they were 
basically almost at war with each other. And these guys got caught in the middle. They're essentially like prisoners of war. Um, in in like that that mentality that they they were they pinned all these guilty charges on them because basically they didn't want to declare war. Yeah, it was one of the many reasons. There's like this this would cause war between two countries. Uh huh. I I I agree. And you know he was well aware of it. It was interesting to to note that most of his friends weren't. As far as the actual political side of it, they weren't that concerned with it. What became alarming is this idea that, wow, uh, it's affecting us, and this is how it's affecting us. Um, But what I appreciate just in Jerry's writing and in the movie too, he, he, he made a distinction that not all Catholics are evil, not all Protestants are evil either. They're both, they're individual people and you have to take them as such um because in that sense even what in his upbringing his teachers would try to integrate them and it just didn't work but he said it's okay i get it it's not because it just kind of is um not for lack of trying but some it just wasn't a good fit with those people they weren't ever going to mesh yeah and it's just i i was more shocked and frustrated for how many people that they does that they wrongfully convicted I mean, I couldn't actually count because there were so many. And when there are so many involved in this, you know that it's not the people, it's the system. And that's what was also frustrating as we're slowly learning how Jerry went from place to place and how people treated him and then how politics slowly got involved here and there. And like when you put all the puzzle pieces together, you you realize what the bigger issue is, it was the government. Yeah, and the the biggest atrocity of all was the fact that, yes, um, those people eventually got released for the most part. Yeah. But the people that did the actual crime as far as switching out evidence and so forth, nothing really happened. It was just kind of dropped. They, 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 you know, nothing was ever charged against them. Right, and also the people who did actually commit and admit to the the bombings and when they were prison and they actually said hey i'm the guilty one these people are innocent they still kept the innocent in prison and that's another frustrating thing it's like you have your guilty party now release the innocent and yet they didn't yeah that's i mean this this book was just so well written um and what was interesting about it too Maybe, you know, because I'm more, when it comes to, I, I don't read a lot of autobiographies, but for the most part, there always kind of seems to be somewhat of an agenda. Whereas, I, I, I don't know, I don't know how to explain it, but I didn't get an agenda off of this book. It was more, this is what happened in my life, and I'm just going to tell it to you. Um, in the movie, he has a tape recorder, and, um, you know, he's kind of dictating all the various things because uh, she wants all the details in order for the case to, to go. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that's all he was doing was just giving details as much as he could. And in essence, I almost feel like you kind of make up your own decision at the end of the book of like how, do, how you feel about it. And for the most part, you're going to be like, okay, it was wrong. But now you're kind of left with a sense of what do I do? Yeah. Where do I like, fit in this? What can I do? Um, I, I think the book does a great job of 
actually recounting every situation up until the point where Gareth got involved. And, and quite some time, and a lot, he's seen a lot of bad stuff up before uh, she got involved. Uh, I, I did like how he went through event to event because it made his prison sentence so much longer than what I mean, 15 years is a long time. We've never been in prison, so I can't imagine what he went through. But going through the excruciating details, from place to place to place really shows of the the traumatic experiences and how long that must have felt for him. Hmm. Um, as far as the book, just a couple of actual facts. It was published in 1990, a year after his release. Uh, he did have a co-author, David Pallister, who helped him write the book. Um, but again, it, it just feels so authentic to his voice. Uh, there are definitely times... When you read a book that has been ghost written, let's mm-hmm. say, and you just you just know it's bland and it's very, it's almost like, you know, sometimes people say like it's like eating kale where kale has no it's taste. Generic. It's like yeah, <laughs> this this was like chocolate cake. Yeah, and it also just sometimes it gave his his justifications during some moments or like how he was actually feeling during moments uh, when he. There, there, there was a moment that like really struck out to me was when he was being interrogated before he got sentenced to prison, and the the guard came in with experience and like lifted him from his skull, you know, <laughs> and at the certain points in his head that like caused excruciating pain. I felt that when I read it, I was like, that I can't imagine what that felt like, but I felt it. Um, so, and but he just ex, um, you know explained how he felt um so he does a great job of saying things in details of what other people were doing but what he was doing and how he felt at the same time absolutely let's shift a little bit um kind of connecting the movie and the book because to me they're so intertwined and when you look at something like this a the story itself has so many filmic elements whether it is the riots, whether it is the tensions, the courtroom scenes, the prison scenes, and so forth, even the bombing itself. I mean, that's what we open up the movie on because it's so visually arresting. But also, you know, when you look at kind of just an important standpoint, if you can get a movie like this out there, it'll help spread the message further. And, you know, the, the way the movie went... It was a very powerful movie and very well received. Absolutely, and I think, I think the film did a better job of visually showing the the time uh, sp- spans of of the whole story because it did span over fifteen years, and you you do see the visual aspect of when we see Jerry physically like deteriorating from he started young and healthy to older more rough more he's been through the ringer and but also for the filmic elements of the prison they really only kept it to one location for the entire time where in real life he actually was bounced around 22 times to 22 different prisons so I liked how the film did in a way simplify a lot of things too and condense it yeah, and as far as the the movie, one of the biggest things that they switched up was the fact that him and his father communicated a lot more than they actually did. Mm-hmm. In fact, the, the the whole fact that they shared a prison cell, uh, 
is a huge deviation from real life. But I, I, I understood that. And uh, as far as a movie, I didn't mind that the main motivation was for him to sort of take up this mantle of of a of a hero of not a messiah, but I guess something along those lines where mm-hmm. I have a message to spread. And rather than be the fuck up that I've always been, I'm going to be something better. Right. And the movie does make it in a way more dramatic where the relationship of like how important the father-son relationship was. Because in the movie, I never really felt that Jerry was ever, ever in jeopardy or peril. He seemed healthy. He was having fun with his friends. He got visitations from his mother all the time where in the book he hardly it was so hard for him to get visitation rights for his just to see his family um he always worried about his father because he'd spend months away from his father wondering if he was still alive or not but in the movie they were always together so i never felt that jerry was ever alone in all of this where in the book you read so many years of him being alone and trying to survive on his own um and 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 not to say it glamorized it, but it didn't make the story like as jeopardizing as the book is. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's tough to get inside a person's head to that level of degree, so you have to um, you have to create external opposition to that. And um, I appreciate that they took this idea that his father Giuseppe was a very nonviolent activist. Or just a nonviolent person, he avoided things in general. Mm-hmm. And so, when you kind of juxtapose that with this complete violence, and eventually, you know, uh, I would say Jerry sort of finds the middle ground, if you will, but still, you know, despite whatever violence that riots and so forth may have caused, it, it comes from a place of still honoring his father. Hence, why they changed it to the in, in the, the name, name of the father. father. Uh, yeah, and it definitely established the father-son relationship better, I believe. Or it was more of, uh, of like something that Jerry could hold on to for survival in the movie. And I, I, I understand that. And also, but because the book is not like that, and they're hard, the father and son are hardly together, um, you know, most of the time apart, it, it shows just how alone Jerry is and why he would act out because of anger and frustration he'd always lash out on the screws and the the prison guards and stuff like that so i think they did a great job of establishing the relationship not to say better but like in a way that we can understand more in the movie yeah especially in the book you can take more liberties like this but if you read the first five pages you get 40 different names probably and that's just a rough guess so don't quote me on that right but nonetheless, in the book, you kind of read it and you realize, okay, when he's talking to, um, I'm trying to think of like some Irish woman's name, whatever, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you, Sarah, right? When he's talking to little Sarah across the street and he wants to buy candy with her, okay, you understand Sarah's probably not going to come back and be that important to the story. Right. So you, he's just he's just giving us those names to to broaden out, okay, here's here's the day here's the time and so forth and keeps it moving whereas if you did that in the movie and had a new character every every minute you're like oh, i need something to hold on to right you're not going to remember who's who and also in the movie i think they did a, a good job of only really focusing on a handful of people 
um, like the father, like his aunt, like Gareth. Um, you only really remember a few people that had key moments in the movie. And even Gareth herself, she didn't uh, actually attend the trial, which is interesting. Which yeah. uh, the movie got some criticism for there. But at that point, you you kind of understand you're not gonna. We followed this person for so long. It, just the spirit of it is let let it complete that mission. Right, and also just for a movie and narrative standpoint, it's way more satisfactory when the person who's been on the case. Arguably the entire film. We start the movie with her and we end also with her. And it makes for a satisfactory narration when the female protagonist, who's been through the, this all, she's the one who gets to reveal all the information and yeah. and pretty much stick, their fi- stick up her finger to everybody. Um, that's just fun to watch for dramatic purposes. Absolutely. And um, the thing that I don't think the movie actually captured as well uh, just because how, kind of how can you necessarily, but the fact that Jerry and everyone else was going to walk out the front door, that was so important to them um, because it was, you know, the guards kept saying, go the back way for security reasons. And I understand, but no, it, it wasn't necessarily for security reasons. It was, but it was, also, it was less about that, more so about embarrassment. And that's why Jerry's like, no, I'm going straight out the front door and I'm, because that's the way... When you're cleared of charges, that's the way you go because you're a free man. Right. And I love that because that was also his moment of regaining his humanity when he spent 15 years in inhumane places. And I really like that because that wasn't in the book, but that that just showed how important it was that he, he's finally free and he he is still a human afterwards. Yeah. Like, he, he got his dignity back. And in both, uh, in the book... He he asked both um, both the sisters right to. They're like, no, you go first. It's your moment. He's like, no, it's our moment. We go. Mm-hmm. And so I, I appreciate that. And again, a little understated in the movie, but still um, still happened nonetheless. So I appreciated it because he he got in that moment. Um, he was happy for himself, but he also, to the same time, understood the importance of that moment beyond himself. Yeah. I like I had to applaud him for just like regaining his dignity after being treated so brutally. Yeah, here's years. the the tough part is that uh, I think Jerry afterward has done a lot of good, but he also did suffer a lot as well, trying to commit suicide on multiple occasions, um, according to various sources. But yeah, and, you know it, it's tough. It's uh, you know I think he understood his purpose, but. To the same token, when you've been in one location for 15 years, and in essence, he was, what, 21 when when he got convicted. So 15 years is, for all intents and purposes, half his life. Yeah. (laughs) So when you spent half your life up until that point in a prison cell... I could you you have some trouble reacclimating, right? No doubt about it. Absolutely, and that's why people have halfway houses from that transition year from prison to back into the real world. And there there was a moment in the book where they're like for life sentence prisons or lifelong sentences. You know, they usually go through classes and proper lessons to get back into society. And he didn't have that. He was reborn. Um, 
but also in, in real life, he he blew a lot of money on also crack cocaine because just to uh, he he would take drugs because he'd always have nightmares at night um, of the prison guards beating him up. He he couldn't sleep, so he would take crack to keep himself awake so he wouldn't fall asleep to have nightmares. So he, he never really. Uh, got over the post-traumatic stress of being in prison and you feel bad for him because this was his half half of his life the majority of his life really and he got institutionalized and he he couldn't help it yeah and and of course wrongly being the operative word there yeah uh and to lose his father and it's one thing you know the the thing that we talked about it affected his entire family and not so, okay, oh, there was Jerry and he's wrongly convicted and he's off by himself. But so many other people wrongly convicted as well within his own immediate family. Yeah, that's that was, you know, heart-wrenching to, to read when, when, and I think it, it really visually showed well in the movie when a little 14-year-old boy was being wrongly convicted and you know that like that can't be true i mean a 14 year old and and you're accusing him of having nitroglycerin on his hands no so you you just visually know how how left field uh, the all these um convictions came against and it's frustrating to keep watching that mm-hmm. um but also with the like the the mcguire seven and the Birmingham six and the Guilford four, you know, all everyone together, like it, it kind of showed that they did have a solidarity throughout the prison, and that's also what kept them going and kept them alive. But also, when you have such a big number, you know something's wrong. Yeah. But as far as the movie, Daniel Day Lewis does an absolute phenomenal job, and this is still relatively early on in his career. Uh, yeah. and you know, true to most of the movies that he's done, he just gets fully into character. Yep. He, he stayed in prison for a little bit. He lost 50 pounds. Uh, he wanted to be mistreated by the crew members. Uh, he talked Irish the entire time. So, um, you know, and if you've, if you have no knowledge of Daniel Day Lewis as an actor, both on screen or off screen, um, just, just watch his movies and you'll kind of see the result that you get on screen. Imagine that because he puts wholeheartedly himself into a role to achieve that result. Right. When you look up the definition of method actor, you get a picture of Daniel Day-Lewis. That is him. And this is also in the career, like the time of his career where, I mean, he's a great actor now. He's aged well in his career. But this is at the time of the height of his career because like two years before he had my left foot which he won an academy award for then he had this one which he was also nominated for academy award two years later he had last of the mohegans also very well-renowned film so he this was in a slew of amazing movies that uh like really helped shape his career and he he lived up to the billing he did um you know, so so much was riding on him to to have that emotion and so forth. And opposite, they they really did great casting with him and Pete. Um, 
Uh, you say his name. I I, I butcher names. <laughs> the the director? No, the, Pete. Um, his his father, Giuseppe. Oh, Giuseppe. Yes. Pete he Postal. <laughs> postal weight. Uh, postal weight. Yes. There you go. Um, absolutely. You know, the two of them were just so brilliant, and I I love Pete in other movies. Um, I think he does a wonderful job in even such as like Lost World. <laughs> James of the Giant PJ. He's just got this presence and I think matched against Daniel Day-Lewis in this particular movie uh, between him and when they're portraying Jerry and Giuseppe. Just magic. I really liked the dramatic chemistry that they had between them because there was a scene in the movie where uh, this was when they were first being accused before they got sentenced to prison but they were just being held in jail and and jerry's just going off like why are you always saving me you always you know come to my aid when i'm in trouble like never when i'm actually doing good and like there was a dramatic breakdown for for daniel day Luce's you know performance and it i mean this wasn't in the book but it also just solidifies of what the relationship is that the father really just truly loves his son and who will always be there to support him through thick or thin and that just set off of what the relationship's going to be and how important it is at the end especially when giuseppe dies um and you know how just strong of a bond that was and no one, neither could tell each other what they truly felt. And even the few times that they tried to do, you know, Jerry just undercuts it with like, don't get sentimental on me, da. And mm-hmm. I'd appreciate that realness because I could see so many other movies try to do something uh, for the sake of having a sentimental moment where you're like, that's not Jerry. He'll find a way to have his own sentimentality about something. And he did, but he's not going to outright you know write a love poem to his dad let's say right i i did really like these two actors and their chemistry together and i just actually rewatched romeo and juliet <laughs> over the weekend that had pete as the he was the apothecary i was like oh yeah there he is hmm. so i saw two movies of him recently <laughs> he's a, he's a great actor too and emma thompson too uh she gets a lot of praise for this movie she gets a lot of praise in general uh, deservedly yeah, so especially fantastic. in this case uh, wonderful, wonderful job, just in general. I think, yeah. As far as direction and movie, I just thought it worked so well. Um, very, no tricks and things of that. Just very nicely told, well written, well acted, and let's just capture it on film and show it to you. Type right. of thing. It was definitely drama, and I mean, you had your moments of levity in the film, and you had the drunk friends or the high friends whenever when they're going to that that house where everyone was just like basically you know (laughs) just squatting um like you had your fun moments of him just being human and being fun with it with people but then you had your dramatic moments when giuseppe died and then everyone is throwing like the flame papers out the out the windows i thought that was beautiful not Mm. in the book but beautiful to watch Absolutely. It just showed the impact that these people had on each other. Um, any final thoughts about the movie and or book before we sort of wrap this up? I think it's it's a good story for people to know. And and it we hear every once in a while stories of, you know, people being released and they were they were wrongfully convicted and but that doesn't necessarily justify 
the time that they lost in their lives, the times that they could have been doing something amazing and money they could have been making, that that's time and years stolen away from them. And you, I, I think anyone should read this if you want a good humanity story. One of the reasons why books are important and why if you're if you're watching, listening to this, you probably understand and know this already, so I'm preaching to the choir, but sometimes it's good to preach to the choir. You start to have empathy for other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, there's much evidence scientifically proven that those who read have a lot more empathy in their life than those who do not. And so a book like this certainly, you know, I can't. I don't know what the percentage or what the value is, but you could venture to say that it, it creates a lot more empathy in you. Oh, absolutely. And if you don't feel something that so many people got wrongly convicted, then something's wrong with you. Yeah, go see your local doctor. Right. <laughs> something might be wrong. Yeah, something something might be wrong. But, like, you feel for these people. And at the end, you do, because when this book was published, the Birmingham Six were, and McGuire Seven were still convicted, and they were still in prison, and they were the first ones to get out. But it still leaves you frustrated, but... It ends with hope that if these guys got cleared, hopefully all the other people who were wrongfully convicted will eventually get cleared. Mm-hmm. And he had, he certainly had patience. He did. So, and, he, and there were times where he lost his patience, but rightfully so. We all have those moments. Yes, we do. So, you know what? Unfortunately, Jerry did pass away, so uh, he is no longer with us, but Wonderful, wonderful book. Wonderful uh, legacy, despite the circumstances, both in terms of the book, both in terms of the movie. Um, it came to life really well. And uh, if you love Daniel Day-Lewis, it's certainly a great movie to look back upon. A great movie just in general if you love film as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So next month in April, we will be doing The Perfect Storm. You guys, This movie came out... At this point, a while ago. Uh, but nonetheless, I remember when I, I still remember the day that it did come out. Hmm. Um, so we will be doing that. It's by uh, Sebastian Junger. Uh, so get your copy, read it, and that's what we're going to be talking about next time. Also, if you love movie discussion, which is kind of uh, what Marissa and I love movies, and so we do that primarily. We also love books, so we were able to create this hybrid show. But if you also love movies truly as much as we do check out anatomy of movie over on popcorn talk we go this sort of similar in depth with um with movies specifically um this week we are doing tomb raider and we are doing love simon so uh, there you go yeah all right thank you guys as always at serafini tv for marissa that's right and I'm at Phil Svitek. Thank you guys as always. And we'll see you next time on another Adapted when we will be doing The Perfect Storm. Bye. From executive producers Kevin Undergaro, Maria Menunos, and Jeffrey Masters, thanks for tuning in to Book Circle Online. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a comment. To suggest a book title or their author, you can tweet us at Book Circle On. This is Book Circle Online. Thanks for tuning in.